today is Right to Life Sunday, and I prepared a message called, What Am I Worth? And I realized as I was putting it together Friday, I had enough material that I have two messages, so this is part one of this message. What is something worth? Today, I think that is a major question that everyone is scrambling to understand. We, we want to know if we have bought something at a good price, and if the price is good, we're going to snatch it up, or is it overpriced? Do I wait for the price to come down? And we have guides to suggest the range of prices for different things that we purchase. Probably one of the most famous is the Kelly Blue Book. Is that not right, Mike? No, we don't go by the Kelly Blue Book. No. But there are buying guides that are all around us that can suggest what something costs, what it's worth. If I had up here, and I do, I have a 20 peso note and I have only a $5 bill. Which is more valuable? <laughs> but it's got a smaller number to it. 20 pesos is now worth, I looked it up today, $1.07. But if I were to walk up to a small children and said, would you like a 20 or a five? Well, of course they take the 20, wouldn't they? because they have no sense of value at this point. And we are scrambling at times to figure out the value of things in our life. And it really boils down to what is someone willing to pay for something? When I'm on my day off, sometimes my wife has introduced me to a couple television shows. One is Pawn Stars, and the other one, I think is Studio 54. Is that the name of it? Studio 50-something. One is a pawn shop in Las Vegas, and the other one is an auction house outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And it's fun because when they bring something in that you don't know what it is, they often call in an expert who understands the true value of whatever they're showing them, and then they can set the price Accordingly, they decide what something is worth. Now, I brought something from home that you've never seen before because I keep it kind of squirreled away, and this is a painting. I'll tell you right now, it was painted, I looked this morning, in 1915. Oil on canvas, yes, it's pleasant. What's it worth? And... Most of you aren't looking for a piece of art, and so you're saying, oh, I might give you 25 or 50 bucks. It's got a nice frame I can reuse for something else. That's value for you. This particular painting was painted by Marie Leffler, and that means nothing to you. However, to me, that's my grandmother. That's my grandmother. And when my mother passed away, she had four items 
painted by her mother that she passed to each of her four children. And this is what I received. This is precious to me. And one day it'll be passed down to one of our children and it will be their great-grandmother's painting. Value to me, as they say in the commercial, priceless. Priceless. All of us have things that the value cannot be set because it has very strong value for you. That painting is significant to me. Today, we're going to look at a number of verses, but we're going to shift from things to people. What is our worth? What is our significance? And in this present time, there are two competing systems that decide what something is worth. The first system is called the world. If you want to fill in blanks there in your outline, the world. It's based upon psychological issues. It says to the world, what have you earned? And either it is feeling-based or opinion-based. And here's what the equation of the world is. If you want to measure significance of a person, you measure my performance and others' opinions. My performance and others' opinions. And so we go through this world and we'll look at people and we'll say, well, they are not of much significance or value. They only do this. They only perform this in our world. Therefore, they are not of such great value or performance. And then we talk to our peers and we also receive feedback on what we are worth. The world determines our significance, our worth, our value. And it does it in three ways. Number one, by what I possess. By what I possess. What I acquire, what I own, what I accomplish, the work that I do. If I have more toys, I must be more significant. If I own an island in the Caribbean, would that make me wealthy? Well, some of you are saying, invite me for a vacation. I don't own one. But we look at people who own those kind of things and they say, they must be very worthy. Often there is this divide between blue collar and white collar. And I have lived in both worlds. But for some reason, we give higher value to white collar in most of our thinking. But let me say this, try to exist without a tradesman. Exactly. Try to get by without a garbage collector in your neighborhood. How long does it last? New York tried that when the refuge workers went out on strike and the garbage piled higher and higher and higher. 
they were of great value to that city. And so I don't think you can base it upon what we possess and what we do. Second way that the world determines our significance is by what I feel. My wants, my experiences, I feel good about myself, therefore my worth goes up. And when I feel bad about myself, my worth goes down. And it depends upon my feelings how high or how low my worth comes in that day. Third way that the world determines our significance is by what I decide. See, we create ourselves. There are many around us who are looking to live with no morality, no boundaries, and to do whatever we want to do. And so therefore, people all around us are making value judgments about my worth and other people's worth on a daily basis. And we find it hard to push back against it because, again, the standard is so fickled, so changeable. So there has to be another way of determining our worth. And that is the second system. Under your outline, it is B, and it is God. It becomes a theological issue. And as opposed to the world system, which says we earn our significance and our worth, God says, no, I plan to give it to you. It is God-given. It is truth-based. It has an outside expert looking in, and that's God himself. And the equation under the God system of measuring worth is significance equals Christ's performance and God's truth. Christ's performance and God's truth. Important note. This worth that God assigns to me is independent of my thoughts and my feelings. There are days that each one of us might feel worthless, valueless. There are times we feel like junk. Sometimes we have to admit to ourselves and to others we're broken. That does not at all affect our worth in God's eyes. See, God declares our significance. We don't earn it. We don't measure up. He just says, this is what I declare your worth to be. So let's look at four or five passages together. The first one found in Genesis 1, first book of the whole Bible, Genesis 1, verse 26. And this is what he bases his declaration on. He declares our significance by, number one, by creating you in his image. By creating you in his image. Genesis 1, starting at verse 25, And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, and livestock according to their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created every person in his image. Now, what does that mean? It is not a physical image. God is a spirit. God has no physical likeness. So what does it mean to be created in his image? We are like God in the following ways. Mentally, God thinks, we think. Now, do we think like God? No. We think in a similar way, but we have no way of processing life like he does. So mentally, we are in his image. Morally, we are like in his image. We understand what's right and wrong. There's a conscience built into us because we are in the image of God. We are creating his image socially. Now, what do I mean by that? He has fellowship within the Godhead, the three in one. He connects with the Son. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit connect. We internally connect with people. We are social beings. That's how we are made in his likeness. We have a mind. We have emotions. We have a will. That is different than the animal kingdom. That's different than anyone else. We are made like him in his image. And because of that, God says, because of that, you have worth and value. Secondly, same passage, God declares our significance by creating you to care for his creation. Back at verse 26 Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on this earth. We were created with a purpose in mind to care for the creation. Therefore, we have significance. We have a job to accomplish. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2, page 1242 there in the Pew Bible. Starting at verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works that no one may boast. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That word workmanship can also be translated masterpiece. God declares our significance by calling you his masterpiece. His masterpiece. He created animals, he created plants, he created everything else, and then the crowning creation, his masterpiece, are men and women. Matter of fact, when I teach premarital to other couples we look at the creation of man and he was formed 
out of the dust of the earth and God breathed into him the breath of life and man became a living soul. But when he talks about creating women, it says that he took a rib out of Adam's side and then he fashioned a woman. Notice there's a verb change. He threw some mud together and made a man, right? But when it came to a woman, he fashioned a woman. There is in that word in the original a sense of artistic beauty that doesn't quite exist in men. I only heard one, yes. He gets points. But is it not true? Men and women are God's crowning creation. They are his masterpiece. I mean, we look at the beauty of nature and we marvel at that. But why don't we even more marvel at the beauty of men and women? Well, because they're just so different because the world downplays this fact that men and women are God's masterpiece. And God says, because of that, you have worth and significance. Turn with me to Jeremiah 29, verse 11, a very famous verse for many of you. Page 833 there in the Pew Bible starting at verse 10. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is just a sample passage but God declares our significance by designing a pre-planned future for you. By designing a pre-planned future for you. God has every day that we get up as one of his children. He has things for you to accomplish today. He has already laid out a series of good works that he wants you to walk into and accomplish, and to demonstrate that you're one of his children. It's not a performance basis, but God says, let me pre-plan part of your future in such a way that you will demonstrate that you are one of my children. If we did not have value or significance or worth, why would you ever do that? And why would the God of the universe pre-plan our future in such a way? Turn with me finally, and if you want to, to John 3, 16. One of the verses that most of us have memorized. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do we have worth? Yes. 
See, God declares our worth and significance by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you, to purchase you out of the slave market of sin. We said at the very beginning of the message, something's worth is often determined by how much someone will pay for it. What will they trade in order to get this? Do you understand that God in his wisdom and in his love for you saw you make this step into sin, into a life of sin, and God the Father said, the only way that I can redeem my creation, my crowning creation, is through the death and the shed blood of my son, Jesus Christ. Now think about how costly that is. If we were worth very little, would he have sacrificed his son for you? The answer is no. And I think sometimes we forget how much and the value of the second person of the Godhead is. And God willingly paid that price for you. Do you have worth, yes or no? Okay, four of you. Do you have worth? Yes. Yes. Now, when the world talks to you and the world tries to impose its value system on you and says you are worthless, or you get up someday and you've made a big mistake and you feel worthless, that's what I feel. That's what the world is telling me. What has God already determined about your worth? You are worth very much. I don't care what you feel. So the question this morning becomes, what do you look to for your significance or your worth? Do you look to the, to the world? Do you look to its system? Or do you look to God? Oh, oh see, see, God seems so passé. Does he really have a current price valuation of my life? Well, remember what he paid for it. And it is your choice every day as you wake up to decide, am I going to allow the world to place its value on me and my worth, or am I going to allow God and his truth to place his worth on me. I choose every day. What will you do? But please understand, depending on which system you choose, you live out its outcomes every day. So if I choose the world system, if I don't measure up that day, if I have made a mistake, if I have failed in some way and my worth drops in value, then I have to live that out. If I'm living under God's value system and I fail and I struggle, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin. The blood reminds me that 
He paid a great price for me. You have to live it out. See, God created you with a purpose and a plan. He established your real worth by knowing you, by choosing you, and ultimately by dying for you. I challenge you to embrace his value system. And I think one of the largest points I want to leave with you this morning is don't let your past determine your present worth. Anyone here have not made a mistake? Anyone here has not failed family and friends? We are reminded every day of how imperfect we all are. And we take that at times with us through life saying, how could God love someone like me? Well, it's because he has placed and determined that you have great worth to him. And therefore, as I have failed in the past, as I have dropped the ball in the past, I have to understand that that still does not determine my worth before God. We all have flaws, but God has paid a price, a sacrificial price, for each one of us. How much are you worth? Infinite value. Just like the painting is precious to me because of its family connection, you are precious to God because of what he paid for you. So when the world tries to squeeze you into its way of thinking, you have to say, that is not going to be my standard. Christ died to pay for me. I have worth. Let's pray.